I don't have anything interesting to talk about in the intro. I mean, we had our Valentine's Day episode. This is coming out later than Valentine's Day. I had like an anxiety attack, but that's not interesting or fun. Different than a panic attack, though. So Yeah, I, I've had one like serious panic attack in my life. Oh, I after college, I had a few panic attacks and stuff. It was... Mine was in college. Yeah. yeah. Where was I there for that one? No, no. I I think it was my this it was sophomore year when I was living by myself oh. and like I was basically isolated from everyone because I ended up in like having like a single dorm and like all my friends were all the way on the other side of campus and just one night I just had this really crazy panic attack and literally ended up like running across the entire campus and like cowering in the corner of a bathroom of the community center completely on the other side of the campus for an hour because i just like freaked out the community center yeah like like, we don't normally go there right exactly like i just literally just ran like i had to get out of my room and was just like having a really bad panic attack of like and everything was just like wrong and so i ended up in the community center and then i like locked myself in like one of the unisex bathrooms and was just like huddled in a corner for like an hour i don't think i've ever actually told anybody about that before but ah, yeah that i mean that sucks i've had <laughs> panic attacks i have had i had them for a year like where i would intermittently get them and you kind of knew like You've known what triggers them and stuff because I've talked mm-hmm. about that anxiety, the inevitable heat death of the universe sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like existential crises. Yeah, the, it was actually that. It's existential crises, but it was stupid enough that where if I thought about the heat death of the universe, I would get panic attacks and stuff. They haven't happened in a very long time though, since like after that year, like I sort of not got my life in order, but like found a purpose, I guess, or started working, doing other stuff, and like. It just sort of fell by the wayside, but I would still like occasionally like Professor Q knew this would get panic attacks like in the middle of the night. And I I used to be roommates with Professor Q and like I would just go up to him and be like, we got to hang out. And he would like (laughs) sit with me at like one or two a.m. and we'd shoot the shit so that I could stop thinking about like, again, the heat death of the universe. Yeah, but it's sort of faded away. Anxiety attacks, though. I mean, that's like before a big test or something. I would always, as a kid, get them. and Yeah, like, I have anxiety attacks kind of on and off and on basis. They're all things depending. Uh, I mean, it's. I feel like it's not bad enough that I feel like I need to get help for it or anything. It's just I feel like I just need to be better and like, oh, it's my procrastination or something that's led to it. But Yeah, like honestly, seeing a therapist helped me a lot because I've, I've had a lot of anxiety problems and talking them out and just having like one, an outlet and two, someone being like, Hey, if you start thinking like this, this is how you control it or work towards Uh. like, why are you having this anxiety attack and start thinking about the the reasons and like that logical progression really helps Mm -hmm. me a lot when i when i start going down when i see myself going down the spiral towards one now i can Uh kind of pull myself back and be like oh wait a minute this is what i'm doing and i need to stop doing that it's interesting i i cope a very different way in that 
I feel like my anxiety comes on when I get hyper logical and like mm -hmm. super rational, if you will. And so for me, like I've always been better with like touch or like other people or grounding myself with like just focus on the here and the now. And like it's helpful. That's why I like going to Professor Q and like, let's just talk for a little bit. It takes my mind off of it much quicker than if I'm left alone with my thoughts. Like I get just too rational, if you will, which is why I like to keep things irrational as possible. See, and it's funny you say that because that's like literally the opposite of what causes mine, because it's like my I have like such a wild imagination that mm -hmm. sometimes basically what triggers it is I start my mind goes down these rabbit holes of like, all right, what is the absolute worst possible thing that could happen right now? How could everything in your life go wrong in the next 30 minutes? And like my brain just spirals out from there and comes up with all these scenarios that just aren't going to happen. Like, uh, see, I love that. That's the thing that <laughs> that actually soothes me. We can get into a whole separate thing, which is I didn't want to get into an argument on Batman but this is, that's my Batman thing. <laughs> see, and see, that's, that's what I was going to say is that like, I specifically tweeted that I, I did not care about that argument and that I thought it was a really dumb argument. And then you followed up with not one, not two, but three tweets about that argument. That and... argument has helped me cope with so much <laughs> in my life since I was a child and afraid of the dark. I trained myself to pee in the dark because of Batman. Okay. Because I had that anxiety of like, what if I go blind and I can't find the bathroom? And I was like, what would Batman do? Batman would know how to get to the bathroom from every place in the house. And so I would practice at night with my eyes closed to finding the bathroom and then peeing in the dark and nailing the toilet every fucking time without <laughs> using my eyes. That was me as a like eight-year-old and nine-year-old me batmaning my way through life every anxiety i have it was like well what would batman do and if it was irrational and it would be like well batman can breathe in space so there we go batman <laughs> knows magic batman wouldn't have to worry about this i don't need to worry about it because it's too irrational to happen but let me just think about it and have a contingency plan just in case the problems i freak out on are oh shit there's an actual test what would batman do batman would have fucking studied like a week ago i don't have a week I've got six hours. Fuck. That's the problems <laughs> that cause me anxiety. But like irrational problems. Oh, Batman me up, man. Yeah, that this really, it's really interesting how, how our minds work in complete opposite ways because mine is like, all right, I have a problem. I can fix that. Like if, I have a test that I didn't study for. It's like, oh, well, I'm I'm fucked anyway, but I'm going to make the best use of the time I have. Like confronting an actual problem is not a big deal for me. The, my problem always lies in the hypotheticals of like, oh, my God, what happens if you're not paying attention and your hot water heater explodes? Or what happens if you someone forgot to turn the oven off and then suddenly there's a huge gas leak and the entire apartment explodes. Or, you know, like, what happens if a robber just bursts through my door with a machine gun? Like, what do I do? You mm -hmm. know, that and those are the, all those things are what send me into anxiety spirals because I start thinking about how every all, how every little thing could go wrong. And yeah, it's 
Interesting. Because that I had just, a professor, it, no, not a professor, a high school student, a high school teacher who would like tell us always prepare for the unexpected because if you prepare for the unexpected, it wouldn't happen. And so that was sort of my mantra of like, well, those sorts of things, if I plan for them, it's less likely to happen. The thing that's going to happen is the thing that I didn't think about. And so my solution was, I must think about everything. <laughs> I feel like this is a super villain story for the both of us. Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're creating our own like neurotic uh, villains. Yeah. <laughs> Just like crippled in fear in our own apartments, not leaving, but like the power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been your, your PSA about anxiety and, and everything. And remember, remember everyone, therapy helps, talking to people helps. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. This makes no fucking sense, but we're doing it anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, Atma, and I'm here with... I think I'm Harvey Z. I forgot. I'm Harvey Z. God damn it. I was about to say Batman. (laughs) I'm still on that like whole like Batman. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Harvey Z in the place to be. Nothing bad happened. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay, I'm here with Batman. How are we doing? Uh, How's Gotham? Special guest today. I can't do the voice. I was about to do the voice. And I was like, it's just going to be horrible on the microphone. Like, and all I go, show me the money. Where is he? Oh, God. I just absolutely destroyed my microphone with that last one. I'm not exactly. Gonna... Okay. What games are you playing? <laughs> that sounded more like Oscar the Grouch than Batman. Wait, really? Oscar sounds like Batman? It's been a while since no, I've heard it. No, Oscar doesn't sound like Batman. That's what I was trying to say. I thought it was a pretty good Batman. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely growly, but it was like not the right pitch for Batman. You, you, it, it was like a, a more of a like gravelly sort of like, Smoker like I said, Oscar, Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, yeah, like Batman after two packs a day. Uh, <sighs> anyway, um, so there's a lot of gaming stuff that's happened because it's been, uh. Two weeks since we recorded last. Uh, there's plenty of things that have happened. We're probably going to miss a lot of it because we're only going to talk about a couple things and then talk about games I've been playing. So I apologize if there's a shit ton of news. Um, couple random details, just real quick. There's been like a couple announcements. Uh, Anthem is dead. It has fi- it's been finally been declared unsuccessful. Anthem came out two years ago. It was the jetpack uh, game, uh, Iron Man as a as a games as a service. And wait, what is it, Anthem then? I thought it was a video game. Then I thought it was a company, and now I don't know. It's it's a video game. It was a, it was okay. a video game released by Bioware. It was supposed to be like a multiplayer games as a service, like constantly updating, like Destiny or, or those sorts of games. And it just flopped immediately out of the gate. And so for like the last year and a half, EA and Bioware have been like, we've got a small team working on this. And we're going to like this past week, there was like a moratorium of like EA figuring out if it was worth it to put money into like this updated new like 
reboot of Anthem to try and make it successful, and they decided, no, uh, it's Dead Jim. So Ooh. that that game, they're going to keep supporting it for for a while, but yeah, it's not getting any magical fixes or, or reboot or update like No Man's Sky did or uh, other games like that. Anthem is no more. It is now an unsuccessful project. There was a data breach in at uh, CD Projekt Red, which has caused <laughs> a lot of problems. Um, somebody hacked their like actual personal details, and a lot of uh, developers haven't been able to work because they're trying to make sure there isn't any malware and like a lot of personal information and like credit card information and just all sorts of bank accounts like. This was like a bad hack and like they got data on the games they were making and all that sorts of stuff. And it, it's just been a mess for CG Project Red. And yeah, so that that was another thing that happened within the last couple of weeks. But I don't really know too much more about that. What, what did happen this past week, the first thing we're going to talk about is BlizzCon. Yay, um, BlizzCon. Yeah, and they did their they did online instead of like, like their convention. normal convention. Like it was just like all online stuff. And so, the two big things that we care about are Overwatch Two and Hearthstone. Correct? Like yes. Like I mean, I know you probably care about Diablo Four, maybe, but like it's less important. Less than you would think. I'm not a huge. I mean, I like Diablo. I guess I. Don't even. I think is the most recent one Diablo three and Diablo four is yes. coming. Okay. Yeah. So so the, real quick, Diablo two is getting a remaster or whatever, and is going to come out on like the Switch and everything, and that's coming out later this year. Okay. Um, a classic game. They, yeah, and then Diablo four isn't coming this year, but they announced the Rogue, which is the next class that's going to be in diablo 4 eh, okay it doesn't yeah. get me like super excited but fair enough i mean it's a classic trope yeah archetype yeah so then uh hearthstone which is way more you than me they announced a bunch of stuff i kind of like half paid attention to it uh the new season is called the year of the griffin Yep. So they're and they're like updated and with new characters and new cards and all that kind of stuff. The general like new season is coming, uh, sort of thing. But then they also announced something called Hearthstone Mercenaries. That's why I re upped my subscription because I heard about this thing, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> it's uh, basically. So, Hearthstone Mercenaries will feature strategic RPG gameplay and roguelike missions that provide a fresh set of challenges every time you play. So, basically, they're turning Hearthstone... They're going to have a mode that turns Hearthstone into a roguelike? Um, See, I was wondering if it meant it would be, like, Slay the Spire. It seems like it might be, like, sort of in that general direction, because it still plays like Hearthstone, where you get, like, cards and stuff, but you can also upgrade the mercenaries you get mm -hmm. and so I, i'm not entirely sure how it's going to work but uh it seems like it's a very much like a sort of a single player content addition to hearthstone and they're going to like dive into roguelike territory for it so it seems they like have, it might be up your alley 
they have done that before, actually. So that's why I've heard it might be single player and it might have a multiplayer where your group of mercenaries can like play against another group of mercenaries. But that's where I was kind of confused where I don't know if you play cards or if you give your mercenaries cards and then they play out the thing. And so you have to like make your mercenary stronger to like complete things. But like, I w- that's why I was very excited in the sense of if this is like a Slay the Spire, it could be awesome because they've shown like some of the charts and like the game of like, oh, this is what's coming in April. And that's why like I re-upped my subscription in a way of like basically I dropped 80 bucks on the game to buy the new expansion pack that's coming out to get like 80 cards and all of that. Because the other thing that happens is when the season turns over or the, the new year changes, the old year's cards or the last only the last three months of expansion or three expansions are in play. Everything else then goes into what they call like wild mode, but in official play, you can't use those anymore. And my cards are all old cards from like back in the original and stuff. And because this new year, they're changing out like classic cards and stuff. I was like, this seems like a good time to reinvest in the game, get fresh cards that will hopefully last me like the year. But it's, yeah, 80 bucks was dropped on. Gotcha. Well, I, you know, that if you're into Hearthstone, I can't judge you. Like, everyone has got that game that they play regularly that they just put more money into occasionally. And it's, you know, it's their thing. Like, so, you know, if you're playing Hearthstone, you're playing Hearthstone. So are are you having fun with it? Like, are you are you playing like Hearthstone proper? Are you still doing Battlegrounds more than uh, Um I'm doing mostly battlegrounds, but I really enjoy the dual modes from time to time, and so I'll play that to get like the rewards or like the um, like weekly card bonuses and things like that. So usually dual mode will do that. I haven't just played like because that's the problem. I have shitty cards that are all outdated, and I don't want to play wild mode because wild mode it's every card is available, and there are people out there who just know exact combinations where. You just play somebody and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? And then in like a two turns, you're like, oh, this is what this fucker has done. And holy shit, I've never seen this combination ever played before. Ah, oh, fuck. And then you just lose. And it's sort yeah, of like but Wild Mode is like just ma- two it's cheese. Like, it's like Magic the Gathering where like the, yes. the un, unhinged mode or whatever they call it. Like I, I, I don't remember like the different terms for, for Magic. I think it's like... Yeah, I don't even know. But, like, there's specific types of tournaments, and Mm -hmm. some of them only, like, the last couple expansions, and some are everything. And the everything tournaments have all all the, like, broken combos from because they've made so many cards at this point that you can create some really weird shit and get away with it. Yeah, so I just figured I'll buy this. It's I can't open my cards till March, which is when the season starts, but then I'll have, like, 80 new cards. 80 new packs and that usually will get you plenty to make two to three new decks and then i can continue to play with like other people cool that's cool well we'll we'll keep i'm sure we'll hear more about the other modes and everything and you can keep us updated on that yeah i'll definitely report back in april i guess on mercenaries the other thing is they did talk a little bit about overwatch 2 it wasn't in like the keynote opening ceremony but it had its own like little panel thing where they kind of did a little bit more deep dive and updates on the thing. So we can pretty much expect Overwatch 2 isn't going to be released until after the next BlizzCon. Because like if something's in like the main show, it's like what they're focusing on. 
and what's probably going to be coming soon or co- like coming within the next year. And because they didn't even show Overwatch 2 at all in the opening ceremony, then this is not good. Anyway, Overwatch 2 is at least a year away, probably longer. But they did give a bunch of cool new information on it. They talked about two new maps. New York and Rome are two locations for the, the next maps. They went in a little bit more into like talking about PvP changes, about things like trying to give make tanks feel weightier and like just across the board maybe having a little more like oomph to their their tanking abilities. And they they went into this thing called uh, the the single player is basically what they're focusing on in Overwatch 2, or not single player, but PvE. And they went into this PvE? Uh, player, player versus, versus enemy. Oh, enemy. Okay. Enemy. Yeah, so is it versus player instead of player versus player. Um, Got it. So it's like basically co-op missions. Uh, and they talked about these hero missions where there's supposed to be a whole bunch of them. They're all going to have cinematic intros and outros. And, like, the story missions are set on custom maps, and, like, all the different heroes will have different interactions based on who you take on the mission. And so it's it's all sort of, like, really cool, interesting stuff about how they're expanding the game, which is really nice. They also talked about uh, hero progression, uh, and they they added... They've basically added RPG skill trees <laughs> to the the characters. Yeah, it's like if, if they showed them briefly and there's like three different like archetypes for each character. And then each archetype has a, like a gigantic like layered skill tree where you can, you know, change things like, you know, Mercy had a, a sort of like a rocket launcher thing that she was like flying around and shooting rockets at enemies that was one of the weirdest ones that they showed off but you know you can basically change up the the character and the play style for for how you want to play and while it's unlikely this is going to translate into the pve stuff it makes it sounds like it's going to make the the pve and co-op stuff a lot more interesting than it is currently in overwatch 2 was it like did this get you excited for overwatch 2 seeing all this stuff i, I it's i don't know I'm definitely interested and intrigued by Overwatch 2, but, like, it's the fact that all the resources are going into Overwatch 2 is making this going to be a good game. But it's making Overwatch a lot less fun to play because you're not we're not getting anything updated. We haven't gotten any new maps or characters in Overwatch for over a year at this point. And so, like because we know it's not coming out this year it's going to be at least 22 so 2022 so at least another year so two years worth of like real basic content in overwatch like oh a new skin and a recycled event that we've seen uh four or five times already like there isn't anything new coming to overwatch and like if i don't know the for me personally like I don't mind watching it. Like, I'm excited for the Overwatch League to come back, but I'm really having a hard time forcing myself to play it myself. Okay. Which I'll get into uh, in in a little bit. I want to talk about another thing real quick before we get into games I've been playing. 
let's let's talk about the Mortal Kombat trailer, which you made me watch just before this show. Yes, because I'm going to spoil the shit out of this trailer, and I wanted you to have a frame of reference so I'm not just like talking to a brick wall. Um, I was going to say, like, this is one of those movies where I know it exists. I know that I would watch a Mortal Kombat movie, so I would have un- kept myself unspoiled because I could do what you're going to do, and I wanted to avoid doing that. But see, the thing. So here's the thing. Uh-huh. What I I really enjoy about your logic is you spoiled something for me, but but because you said you've seen spoilers for the movie, but then you oh. won't watch the trailer. Yes, because at that yeah that one I was like who the fuck is this yeah and so I went and looked it up. I didn't watch anything. I just read about it, and then I read and I was like oh okay this is what this person thinks it might be, and so I brought it back to you. Oh. Yes. Oh, so so you don't think so? That what you saw wasn't an actual spoiler. No, I didn't watch an actual spoiler or anything. I this person is like you, I guess, and wrote an article, whoever it was, and was like, "This is what we suspect." If we had to like dissect the trailer and dissect. Oh, okay. I thought you actually literally spoiled it for me. So okay, I feel a little better now. Like Uh, this is the way the way you phrased it. An expert or something? I don't know, but yeah, no, I. I still have my own standards on spoilage. Got like, it. Okay. Like hardcore right. That's fine. actual That's fine. spoiler, I wouldn't want to do that. I would look at it. And even then, I tried to like hint at it more so of what it was. I mean, y- your hint was like a sledgehammer of a hint, man. Ah, yeah. Like that That was not a vague hint at all. I knew exactly what you were going for. Like, anyway. Um, all right. So let, let's talk about the Mortal Kombat trailer because I am stupidly excited for this movie. The trailer looks really, really good. It, it's going like full R violence. And like, I love the original back in 1995, and that was like campy and PG 13. So they didn't get into like fatalities and all that sort of like the, the real gory violence that Mortal Kombat has always had. Um, but this one's going R and just like embracing it. Like, Sub Zero stabs Scorpion with his own blood. Like, he, st- he slices him open, freezes the blood into a knife, and then stabs Scorpion with it. Like, that is what this movie is going to be. Like, as soon as I saw that happen, I'm like, yes, I'm in. This is absolutely everything I want out of a Mortal Kombat movie. It's going to be ridiculous in the best of ways. See, this is where I feel like it's point-counterpoint. I watched that, and I was like, that's a pretty exciting scene. But I was like, I don't know if they can keep that tone up the whole movie. I would like it if they do, but I just don't know if... Like the other scene with, um, if you don't mind me spoiling the trailer, I guess. Uh, no, no, do- yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're we're talking about everything that happened in the trailer, including okay. like nuances that may you, people may have missed. So, so like, just Jax, I believe, early on gets his arms like destroyed. Yeah, yeah, and like so fr- literally first yeah. shot of the trailer. First shot, I see the blood, and I'm like, oh, violence. And then I'm watching the rest, and I can see like Scorpion stabbing people with his dagger. Somebody gets stabbed in the face, and I'm like. I got excited, but I didn't get to your level of hype because now I feel like I got to hold back because I just don't believe this movie can be that violent. I feel like that's the level of violence they can get to, which I'm like, that might be the goriest scene. I don't know if they can do something to outgore that pretty cool fucking scene of like freezing somebody's blood and stabbing them with it. But I don't know if they can go further than that. And I don't I'd like them to go further if that's possible. Yeah, like, I don't know if we're going to get, like, a classic fatality of, like, mm-hmm. literally Sub-Zero ripping a guy's spinal cord out 
you know, like pulling his head off and having the spinal cord dangle. Like, like I that, don't know if we're gonna yeah. gonna get that crazy, but the fact that they're they're at least having like gore and had like a red band trailer, like it yeah. makes it feel a little more Mortal Kombat than at least the previous movies were. Fair um, enough. And there was like Kano is holding a heart, so I assume that heart isn't his and it's somebody else's and he's acquired it somehow. So <laughs> there may be some yeah, heart acquiring. That's definitely that's yeah, that's definitely one of Kano's classic ones. So there is a chance we'll see. I'm I'm sure Scorpion will set somebody on fire. It always happens. I, I, I'm assuming someone will quip and say toasty uh, after it, maybe. I don't know. It's it's weird that I'm I realized I was this hyped for the trailer. Somehow uh-huh. I acquired a ton of Mortal Kombat lore and like for somehow I've realized that like Mortal Kombat story and like the intricacies of the characters are actually interesting to me and I love them. And I just, I, it, it was like a weird realization to have after like watching the trailer and realizing how excited I was to like look at the little details. So apparently I care a lot more about Mortal Kombat than I thought, even though I'm terrible at the game. But wait, um, did you like after watching the trailer get into the lore or were you somebody who was into the lore already? Oh no, I already know it. Like I, I, yeah. I've, I've played, I know like the stories and like. I, I played Mortal Kombat 9 and 11. I skipped 10, but, like, I, I'm up to date on, like, the most recent, like, turn of events and, like, how things happened in the originals. And I don't really know what happened in the dead period, basically, from, like, Mortal Kombat 4 to 8, where they just went really weird. You know, Zombie Liu Kang is in there somewhere uh-huh. and uh all sorts of weird shit was going on. But like the first three and then nine, 10, 11, I kind of have, have got a, a nice feel for, for those. I think um, I had mentioned like way back in this podcast at one point, like I ended up watching all the cinematics of like the newest Mortal Kombat, the time one just to watch because it was a really compelling story. And it basically, the person would just fast forward to every fight that appeared in the story mode. But like, it was something like six hours of cinematics and it was engaging as hell. It was a great movie to watch all the way through. Yeah. And so yeah, like, like the, I totally the Mortal, understand the lore. Like, yeah. The yeah. Mortal Kombat 9 and 11 stories are some of the best like fighting game story based content that have ever existed. Like Mortal Com- the first one, Mortal Kombat 9, like that really set a standard. Like everyone was like, holy shit, Mortal Kombat is trying in the story department. How the fuck did that happen? Uh, so that that was great. All right, so let me back up a minute. I want to I want to talk a little bit about what happens in the trailer. So okay, our our team of good guys seems to be Sonya, Jax, Liu Kang, Kung Lao, Kano, and Raiden, and this new guy named Cole Young, mm-hmm. who has now, a very stupid birthmark it's no birthmark oh my god buddy you've got a fucking (laughs) dragon on your like chest oh it's my birthmark (laughs) it's but it's probably not a birthmark it's probably like anyway uh i don't think it's going to be a birthmark i think it's going to be something i think in the trailer they said it's not a birthmark (laughs) yeah yeah he is it's supposed to be he thinks it's a birthmark but and like he's the the chosen would have a dragon on their chest and think that's a fucking birthmark. Like, like birthmarks is like a spot. 
or like a weird like discoloration you don't you don't get a dragon as a birthmark anyway so i'm sorry so so like right off the bat there kano is absolutely going to turn on the good guys like there's no way he's going to be a good guy for the entire movie he'll probably be like comic relief and a foil and he may or may not die i can't i I can't like kano is a great antagonist i don't know if they'll kill him in the first movie if they're planning to do this as like multiple movies so that was that's, is do you think there's going to be a sequel already? I mean, I've I've heard from the director that they would like to do multiple. And okay. I haven't like heard personally from the director. I don't know the guy. But uh-huh. like I think he's mentioned that like he would like to uh do multiple movies. And so like that's the that's the weird thing about Mortal Kombat is that like you want to do the fatalities, but also there's a lot of <laughs> important characters and you don't want to kill everyone off if you end up having a successful movie but then again they always bring people back and do time shenanigans and whatever so you know they've got a lot to work with so th- we've got the we've got the good guys i'll get back to cole in a second uh but and for kano, now like kano not happy with the casting choice i don't know who it is but i don't like bearded kano i like so the I original mean, kano was really really good in the first movie, I think. Well, yeah, like he he was literally so good they retconned his the character to be Australian. Like <laughs> the original character was not Australian and the first actor was so beloved as Kano, they made him Australian in the games because of the actor. And the actor wasn't even Australian. He fucking made up the Australian <laughs> accent to be Kano like it was it's it's such an insane story and so good but like bearded Kano is pretty regular in the games now is he it's like young Kano is doesn't have a beard like old school Kano doesn't have a beard but new school Kano does like in Mortal Kombat 11 the way you could tell the old timeline character or old timeline kano didn't have a beard and was like bald and new timeline kano had a beard and like had like hair and everything okay there, there's a there's weird timeline stuff going on in mortal kombat 11 uh anyway but yeah i actually think the kano choice is going to be pretty good uh i i liked what i saw in the trailer i don't think it'll be as good as the original but nothing will be so so then villain wise looks like we've got uh Baihan sub-zero who is the first Sub-Zero and the dick. Okay, I was going to say, like, by heart I didn't recognize, and then Sub-Zero, I got that reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like So, so okay, so here, here, let's go into this. So, by Han is the first Sub-Zero, and is considered to be, like, the, the first game, like, okay. was by Han. Then, Scorpion murders by Han and kills him. That's that's what happens, I guess. You know, you can murder somebody and not kill them in in some way, uh, <laughs> because I had to clarify that. But so Scorpion like comes after him for revenge, which I think is going to be a big part of the story. So in in the movie trailer, we see Scorpion like fighting people as a human, and then also fighting him in his like ninja persona and like on fire and stuff. So mm-hmm. my guess is. My my theory is we're going to open on an intro of Scorpion fighting people and dying to Sub-Zero's hand 
and then him like reincarnating later in the movie to like fight him again that that's my guess uh so far um and then so in the the mortal Kombat lore scorpion gets his revenge kills by han like that's the canon ending of mortal Kombat. Uh, and then in Mortal Kombat 2, Sub-Zero is Kwai Liang. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But Kwai Liang is uh, Bai Han's younger brother. And he takes up the mantle of Sub-Zero. So now, Kwai Liang is spelled K-U-A-I-L-I-A-N-G. Okay. And that is very, very similar to Cole Leung. Mm, it's yeah. It's very close to the point that what I think is going to be happening is like right now they're they're advertising Cole Young as this like insert character who's an MMA fighter and everyone's like, what the fuck are you making? We want to see the actual characters in the in uh, of Mortal Kombat. We want to don't want to see this fanfic guy. But what I think is going to actually happen is that. Cole is going to be the younger Sub-Zero. He's going to be related to the evil Sub-Zero in some way and is going to end up taking up the mantle. Like, a lot of people are basically speculating he's he's either going to turn out to be Johnny Cage and, like, take that on as his stage name, which I don't think is going to happen. He's going to end up being the next Scorpion because there's, like, a shot in the trailer of him seeing Scorpion uh, as as, like you know death like evil scorpion that's like out for revenge but i think scorpion is just sort of haunting him because he's related to the actual sub-zero that's uh the one he wants revenge on uh, uh i agree then, with so, the latter the the your theory on him being sub-zero's like younger brother or so that's what i think is happening because so, like it seems like from the trailer, this is go- like Sub Zero is going to be like one of the primary antagonists of the movie. Because like it feels very s- Sub Zero centered. But then also like the other thing is is that Bai Han comes back. He is Noob Saibot, which is oh. like the, the like he, that he, that's who he is. Like in canonically in the games. Baihan comes back as Noob Sabat as like the dark shade or whatever uh, for vengeance. And like in the trailer, you see what looks like Sub-Zero coming out of like a big black smoke thing. And that like screams Noob to me. Like because that because he teleports with black smoke and everything. So I, I don't know if that's just like if Baihan is actually going to die in this and come back as Noob already or if that's just like sort of indicating what he will become after he dies. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I think that's going to be cool. I've also seen, a, I like, I, I've gone over this trailer, like frame by frame. I can tell you a lot of the fights that are going to be happening. Like there's at least, I've identified at least two Mortal Kombat characters that aren't main players that they haven't like announced that are definitely going to be fighting people and i'm guessing are going to be like one-offs for that allow them to do some cool fatalities because they're not as popular characters or well they are popular characters but one of them has gotten a real shaft anyway like um, those i think if they're the two that i'm thinking of that's the part that actually made me excited and then kind of disappointed that they weren't highlighted more so either they're going to be in my hopes that oh this is a secret character that we're going to talk more about you're going to see more 
or exactly what you said, unfortunately, there'll be one-offs and we won't really get to see them much more than what they are, which is to say... Which, which two did you think? Just, reptile? Yeah, Reptile is definitely one of them. You, like, you see yeah. Kano fighting Reptile or like a beast that yeah. definitely looks a lot like a Reptile. And yeah, so that's definitely one of them. And then the other one I think is... Is it Melina? The one who eats people? So Melina... You are correct. Melina was in there, but she has been advertised. Like she, okay. she has been announced as like a character that's going to be in the movie. There, there's one. There's another one that's in the in the movie that has not been announced, and that's Cabal. Um, oh, yeah. He, I didn't see like you. Like, yeah, I don't think I saw him. Th- this. Th- yeah, you you wouldn't see him unless you're a crazy person like me who did like frame analysis. Because you can tell in, like, there's two shots uh, where Liu Kang is fighting somebody. And it's, like, focused on Liu Kang. And the person he's fighting is, like, out of frame. uh, Or, like, just barely, like, you know, not focused on. And Uh you can tell if you, like, just pause and look at that. Like, those are Cabal's signature whatever the fuck he's holding. Like, those hook Uh sword things. Like... They're very, very clearly his, and he's holding them in like the. You can see the best shot is in the shot where Liu Kang summons like the fire dragon. Like you're looking at the fire dragon and going like, "Holy shit!" But like to the left of the fire dragon, you can see Cabal holding his swords, being like, "Oh shit!" So that's I think is another definitely another fight that's going to be in the movie. And of course, you've got Shang Tsung, who's supposed to be who's the the main villain supposedly. But I really feel like Shang Tsung is getting so little focus in this trailer. Like it definitely seems like they're building up to Sub Zero being the focus. Like they even had Goro. Like that's kind of yeah, interesting. I was fight. disappointed actually because that's where I was like, I don't want this movie necessarily to rehash the ground of like the campy one, but I would have liked newer characters or people, but I guess if you're focusing on Mortal Kombat, yes, Goro is iconic and a classic, like people. I mean, if they're doing the, if, if they're trying to focus on the first movie or the first game and like the original characters, like you got to have Goro before you get to all the other weird, weird shit. Like, like Goro has always been Shang Tsung's, like number one henchman and once we get to like oh shang sung is actually just a sorcerer and there's a bunch of other worse bad guys out there and then you can get into like the weird side characters and whatnot although i really hope they just fucking ignore motaro like we don't we don't need a centaur like (laughs) they tried that in mortal kombat annihilation we don't we don't need to do that the other part that actually i was kind of bummed at the soundtrack it's not the same i know but like Nothing I mean, beats that soundtrack. It's. I have thoughts on that, and I'll, I'll, I don't want to get too much into it because I do want to talk about something else. Uh-huh. Um, like I agree with you. Like the original Mortal Kombat soundtrack, and you do get like the there is like a reference to it, like towards the end of the trailer. Like you can tell they're incorporated it a little bit the original theme, and yeah, there are some iconic songs and soundtracks from or and like score from the original movie uh but this was like epic trailer music and that has no indication of what the actual soundtrack of the actual movie is going to be Hmm. like 
see, my fantasy wish would be give me Mortal Kombat soundtrack, just like remixed by Daft Punk a la Tron. <laughs> I don't. So the thing is, like, I I don't agree with you what? because no, no, because like campy wise techno and like that sort of like electronica doesn't work with visceral fight scenes like i don't know if you've watched mortal kombat annihilation um (laughs) but that one like went into like full like euro dance like sort of like i I don't know you need more like kmfdm and metal and that sort of stuff as like if you want to go full camp as as part of like fighting like daft punk and tron works because it's like computerized and it's supposed to be like neon and all that stuff i just i don't think i don't i don't want to be breaking out rave sticks instead of like swords you know what i'm saying i i get it it's just yeah some things are just you can't just keep rehashing over and over i suppose but oh man it's just so also, Iconic. Daft Punk is gone now, so you can't even get that if you wanted to. Which is why it was like, that's the other fantasy little like, <laughs> oh no, R.I.P. that album, Alive 2007 <laughs> or 2003. I don't know. Yeah. The Alive album was amazing. Uh, okay, so I think that's a, enough of the Mortal Kombat trailer breakdown. I uh, talked enough about that. Uh, so we're getting towards the end, but I real quick did want to talk about the new game I've been playing that I got into accidentally. So I've started playing Valorant. Oh. And I really like Valorant. And I am surprised. Like, I think this is one of the first games where I've had, like, a real big 180. Where, like, I've been like, no, that's not for me. And just avoided it for a while. And then suddenly something clicked. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Oh, this is fun. What is Valorant? Like, what is it a fighting so, game or a shooting game? Or? So, so Valorant, the easiest way to describe Valorant is think Counter Strike, but with Overwatch abilities. Okay, that's where I was like, it's like Overwatch is the first thing that, but Destiny for some reason is what I was thinking. But okay, no, no, it, it is. In fact, I, I really want to be very clear about this. It is very much Counter Strike with a dash of overwatch it is not overwatch it is not more like overwatch than counter-strike like can you I would say or it, clarify what do you <clears throat> mean by that then yeah i would say it's like 90 percent counter-strike 10 percent overwatch so it plays like counter-strike where you've got rounds you're there's uh-huh. an attacker and a defender the attacker has a spike they have to plant in two or three specific sections on the map uh, once the spike is planted, they have to defend it for about a minute uh, before it explodes. And if it goes off, they win. Or if you kill everybody on the other team, you win. And I've been told that this is basically how Counter-Strike works, where you have like the counter-terrorists versus the terrorists. The terrorists have to plant a bomb and the counter-terrorists have, you not have to played stop Counter-Strike? Them. I played Counter-Strike like three times. What? I mean, Slim is a huge Counter-Strike. He got me into Counter-Strike. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I didn't like Counter-Strike, which is why I also stayed away from Valorant, because it has a lot of the mechanics of Counter-Strike. It is is very fast. Like, it's it's rounds. There is buying of weapons between rounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have... If you, like, die, you have to spend more money. You get 
more money if you make more kills or if you win the round. Um, and okay, yeah, that like, is very like, counter strike Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it's all about like peaking and angles and, you know, like it only takes like two or three hits and you're down and then you're out for the rest of the round. And so all of that is very counter strike And I didn't like Counter-Strike. So I stayed away from Valorant because I also like tried to watch Valorant. And when I watched it originally, I was trying to watch like, I ended up watching like pro streams or like you know like league games where it's like esporty valorant and i just bounced off it i was like this isn't interesting to watch i don't want to watch this i'm not interested in this i don't like counter-strike and so the twist on it is like i said there's overwatch abilities so there are currently i think 14 heroes to choose from and you're in a 5v5 and each person is a unique hero with unique abilities, so you can't like copy and all have all of the same hero. Uh, and each character has a signature ability, which is all automatically recharged with one use between rounds, no matter what. And then all the, they have two other abilities that they have to buy, just like you have to buy weapons and armor. And then you have an ultimate ability, like in Overwatch, uh, that charges based on kills and or over time. Like you get one charge per round plus one charge per kill, I believe, um, or something similar to that. And so like you have, uh, for example, one of the healers, one of the heroes is Sage, who is the, the healer, basically archetype. She has an ability where she can heal either a teammate or herself. Uh, another ability, and that's her like signature ability. So she always has that, I think. Yes, she always has that. Um, and then she has one of the abilities she can buy is a barrier ability where she creates like a wall. And then she has an ability called a slow orb where she can like toss out an orb and it makes an area of effect where anyone that walks through that area goes like a lot slower than their usual walk speed. And then there's like an attacking character. Uh, Jet, let's take that. Jet, for example, she has her main ability is a dash where she like moves forward through an area very fast. She has a uh, updraft jump where she can like jump high up in the air and then sort of float down so she can like control her descent and get, you know, better angles from up high. And she has what's called a cloud burst where she throws out this uh, sort of smoke bomb that creates a, a small visual locked dome of of a cloud that you can't see through so it kind of can obscure movement or make it harder to to see what you're shooting at and there's 14 of these heroes right now and they release a new hero basically every two months so they're always adding new ones and yeah so like that spices up the typical just like point and shoot gameplay because you're like using recon abilities to figure out where enemies are and then like healing your team if they get shot Bob getting peaked on and, and that sort of thing. And, and I, I didn't assume like you only it. have one life. Like, so if you get shot, you're out for the round. Right. Exactly. Like, and it's first to 13. Got um, it. And if you're shot, you're out. And like, I think Sage is the only one. She has a resurrection ability. So she like her ult, she can bring somebody back like a mercy, but obviously she has to, you know, get hits and, and do well to get that ult. And a lot of times resurrection doesn't help that much as I've, I've found out. But yeah, it's it's one life, five v five, and like originally I didn't like it, and then recently some other streamers I watched uh, got into Valorant like 
that they hadn't played it before and sort of or like one person had and then sort of like they started this like squad of five who are, are playing it more and more now and like i i was watching them play it and suddenly i was like i'm actually enjoying watching this and i was trying to figure out why i liked watching it now versus when i watched it before and i think it's because i don't like it as an esport like i like watching overwatch as an esport because to me overwatch feels like a team-based sport like it's a 6v6 and the teams have to execute good plays together like use their abilities and like their cooldowns and like perform actual plays so to speak uh when you're like defending a payload or like attacking and defending and whatnot and so watching that in like a pro aspect where there's like commentary and that sort of like overview is interesting to me just like watching like a football game or a baseball game is Mm -hmm. but with valorant it's very much similar to all those other bang bang mcshooty esports like call of duty or counter-strike or any of those games where like i just i don't care about the color commentary because there isn't a lot of team-based stuff going on like it's all about individual people like popping off and getting headshots or like doing clutch plays or whatever and like i get that why that might be interesting for some people but it's not why i watch sports in general if that makes any sense yeah like i get where you're coming from like watching like a 15 minute or a 30 minute like overwatch yeah there's a repetition to it their strategy and that sort of thing counter-strike i enjoyed counter-strike i don't necessarily want to watch someone stream counter-strike but i can play it because it's easy to pick up and it's it's fun and yes you can play counter-strike in a sort of tactical aspect of like hey i'm gonna go up as like the shield but like ultimately you're all squishy characters and there's guns that can kill you very quickly and it's becomes a i'm gonna run off and hide and just try to shoot people and survive and it's the fun is in playing that if you will right and and like the games like that like call of duty and and this really lend themselves to having like one person doing like really cool stuff and like i don't really I don't watch football because I specifically want to see Peyton Manning throw five touchdown passes. Like I'm watching the team sport of football. I'm not watching to see a specific person run the ball or whatever. And I know that might be different than how other people view sports. But when I watched it with like just like casual streamers who were like playing together as a group of friends and like laughing and like doing strategy but like not this sort of like overview color commentary of like oh man you know this guy he's the best in the world i just love his flicks and you know oh he's peeking around the corner is he going to be able to get this three headshots oh no he didn't because the other guy got a headshot oh that's too bad like that doesn't appeal to me but seeing like a group of friends playing it and seeing it from that perspective really made me interested in it. And then I got into it and started playing it myself and I actually liked it. Um, I liked playing it. It was, it was kind of fun and I'm not good at it. Like I'm definitely, I've, I've never been good at shooters. So 
Uh, but I have had my moments and like it just right now, it just feels better to me than Overwatch does um, in the sense of like when I play Overwatch, even in like the unranked casual modes, you can tell very quickly if this is going to be a good game or a bad game, because like you ha you can have teammates who just shit the bed from the very beginning and then you just never recover from it like overwatch is all about like you need to have a good team dynamic where 6v6 has to work together with synergy and like plan out what's going on and if one person continually charges in as the dps and tries to take on a 1v6 before the rest of their team has respawned they always die immediately and you just you never sync up because no one's ever listening or trying to work together while in valorant because of the resets every round you know you're always back at a sort of even playing field once a round is over and yeah you can get stuck with a bad team but it's not as disappointing and sort of like frustrating in the way overwatch is because once you see a, a game going shit in overwatch you're like well I, I guess i've just got four minutes of my life to waste now uh we'll see how long i can and maybe we might get to one stop or whatever but this but in valorant i've had several games where i thought we were out of it and we've come back and clutched it out either through individual plays or like figuring out strategy and working together and like it just right now playing it like it feels better so yeah i've been playing a lot of that the last week or so um and i'm enjoying it what amuses me is so you mentioning the counter-strike a name i have not heard in a while <laughs> the, i used to be really into counter-strike like right around the college era so the thing that made Counter-Strike fun was I liked like three particular maps or so because I liked those maps to play on. But outside of that, then there was the mod community where you would just mm -hmm. join servers and there would be like weird house rules and suddenly you didn't know what was going on for a while. But there would be like, I remember there were RPG type servers and like D&D &D type servers where you're the dude with the gun, but you have lightning powers because you're a wizard or you have this and you can like <laughs> heal and stuff. And that was... As soon as you started to mention, like, it's with a dash of Overwatch, I was just like, Counter-Strike did that, but it was not something that ever got popular. But, like, you would save, and I would save those servers because once in a while it was, like, cool to, yeah, I'm running through this and it's terrorist versus counter-terrorist, but I've got Force Lightning on my side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that then you, you might like Valorant because that's basically what this is. Yeah. It's Counter-Strike, but with Force Lightning. And there are, like, custom servers and stuff. I don't... Like, it, it only came out last year, so I don't think it's, like, fully, like, integrated mod community sort of thing yet. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, there you can do, like, custom servers and custom private games. Um, too bad you're on a Mac, though. Yeah. it's. I mean, shooters are... Like, it has to catch me, but, yeah. Like, Counter-Strike caught me for a while, and the other one that I love and would love to see is Tribes. I would love to see Tribes come back <laughs> in a big way. Yeah, that, you mentioned that before. It was before Counter-Strike, so that was high school for me. Tribes 1 was amazing. Tribes 2, they sort of updated the graphics, and it just made the game crap, unfortunately. Like, oh. it wasn't the same as, like, Tribes 1 with their shitty, like, graphics and Counter-Strike level graphics, but it was such a good... 
it was the Counter-Strike before Counter-Strike. I mean, you bought weapons and you basically captured the flag. And then the mod community was insane. And like, I thought, oh, this is part of the game. And it was like, no, this was just a mod that almost everybody uses and creates the chain gun. But the chain gun wasn't in the original game or something. But, oh, I loved it. You could People started making it so that you had jobs, you had classes, you had size and all sorts of fun stuff. And that really made like that game fun. But the thing that kind of got me in was my friend like down the street played it too and so having a buddy kind of discover the game with me yeah i can understand where like valorant and stuff it's watching people who are playing as friends is a whole different thing than esports or professionals playing it yeah i actually i actually got to play a few matches with slim uh this past weekend so that was it was fun getting to do that and yeah i'm excited to play more of it. I'm trying to, I want to get a squad of five together and like play as a group and see if I can strategize well in that way. Well, we'll see if I can pull it off. It's, it's hard, but maybe once I get streaming, I'll find streaming buddies. To I was going to say like, you can ask the listeners out there if they're into this sort of thing and like have them join the discord. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of listeners and joining the discord this is about it for our episode uh went a little longer than usual but that's fine where can they find you harvey z you can find me on twitter at make me a harvey z i believe i think i'm make me a harvey z yes you, you yeah. are the z is there and it's no longer silent haha <laughs> <laughs> that got taken super quick i know i mentioned that but holy shit like within a day of me switching my name Somebody else took it over and has like a full banner and everything like with the Z is silent on their page and everything. And I was like, wow. Yeah, they, they were really waiting for that that uh that name to pop up. I, I was surprised because I like I went to it and I was like, oh, shit, someone else is here already. So, yeah, don't go to that old one because that's yeah. not Harvey Z anymore. It's uh, we, we have no association with whoever that is. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Atma underscore Phoenix. Uh, you can find our podcast at Make Me a Podcast. You can always email us at Make Me a Gamer Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we are requesting you to tell us what would you get if you were making a Harvey Z? What would be that drink order? Uh, please send us your thoughts. Uh, I would love to hear them. And that's it, I think. Oh, my my writing is at atmasweapon.com. I am up to number 74 on my top 100 games of all time, if you are interested in that. Uh, As of recording this podcast, it will be even further by the time uh, you hear this. And that's it. My throat is starting to hurt, so uh, I need more water and need to stop talking. Harvey Z, take us out. There's a lot to talk about here and how to end the show. I could go with a Batman reference, a Mortal Kombat reference, but I think ultimately I'm just going to end with a catchphrase for those who know, because they're the ones who matter. Shazbot. No, no, I refuse to end on that. What? Why? That was a good one. That's for my people. My tribe is out there. They know what Shazbot is. But Shazbot isn't us. Like, you can't end on a reference to something that isn't us. Like, it's like Nanu Nanu or something like that. Like, I'm just, it's an homage to, like, the greats that came before us. It's not an homage if you just say the thing. I mean. Like, if I ended with, 
did I do that? Like, no, that's that's not you can't do that. <laughs> but okay. I mean, otherwise okay. it's like Venmo me five bucks. Like that's my yeah, that, that's that's our brand. We Venmo you five bucks. Like that that's that's your thing. I need a better thing. <laughs>